Well, good morning and welcome to Barrel Life Church. Come on, who's excited to be here today? Come on, I'm excited to be here today. I hope you are. I know I'm excited to be here today. Man, thank you guys so much for being here. I want to welcome everybody watching online. We also want to give it up for our Grayson campus. Come on, can we give it up for our Grayson campus? We love you guys there in Carter County. And we're super excited, very here shortly, we're gonna be launching our third campus in Boyd County. And so, man, in the Ashland area, I'm so, so excited about that. Man, look at the person sitting beside you, say, I'm glad you're here today. Go and say, I'm glad you are here today. Look back, said, I'm, I'm okay, I'm glad you're here too. So we're just, we're glad to be, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for praying for me and my family, my whole family had COVID and uh, for the last two weeks. And we're on the ups now, so that's always good. But we appreciate all the text messages and phone calls and stuff like that. I wanted to say thank you guys. I love our church family. Uh, I love that uh, we love each other. And so, man, I'm just so excited to be part of an incredible family. And speaking of a church family, that's really what this series has been about. There's no place like home. And I believe that for your family is, that's where your home is. A lot of times people say, well, your heart is, is where your home is. But the problem is, one, your heart will lie to you. And, and, and two, sometimes we put our hearts in the wrong place. And we kind of make that our home or our thought or our goal. And so I talked about two weeks ago about the importance of having a spiritual family in your life. Like what's the importance of having a church family in your life. In fact, it's so important that I even shared this with you. If this is not the place where you find your church family, listen to me. Let us help you find a great church in this area or in the city that you're in or if you're watching online. You need a church family. And if this is not the place, you're going to dig down in your roots and you're going to raise a family and you're going to you're going to like, you know, put your boots on. This is going to be the family, the local family I'm going to be part of. If this is not your family, listen, we want to help you find one. Now, you're here checking us out and you're visiting, man, you keep coming back, we welcome home. You know, I said, if you think you're perfect, though, you better be careful. We'll mess you up because we're not a perfect church whatsoever. But we do believe in a perfect Savior who died for the bride, us, the church, so that we would have this fellowship with one another. Now, I talked about the benefits of being part of a family, a church family, right? You can find your identity that's found in Christ. We talked about where you can find protection and care for one another as we do those things. We find your value, how God has gifted you and wants to use you greatly in the family. And so I say this all the time, you're not gonna know everyone here at Better Life Church, but you need to know somebody. And that comes from connecting with each other. And so God wanted a family and he, he created us, he created the church and he sent his son to die for us. Now listen, we, want you, we believe in this so much that we wanna help you get plugged in. That's the mission of our church. Our mission is to help you follow Jesus. We believe that following Jesus is a series of taking next steps. Every one of you watching, everyone in the house today, every one of us has the next step. We never arrive. We never get to the point that says, okay, I've arrived. I'm everything that God wants me to be. If that's the case, then that's when God takes you home, right? And when you get to heaven, right, and we'll be perfected. But we're not there yet. We still mess up. We still sin. We still live in a fallen world, right? And so we need each other and we need one another to encourage us, to lift us up, but we could do life with. And I even talked about the importance of a spiritual family. It's actually gonna outlast our physical family. And so hopefully our physical family know Jesus, right? They're gonna to go to heaven with us. But God created us to be in communion together. I talked about that. If you missed it, please go back and watch it. Last week, right, we're in Kentucky. You have no idea what the weather. Sometimes it's correct. A lot of times it's wrong, right? So you do the very best you can. It actually worked out, you know, obviously. But we was able to talk about the importance of not only just a place to belong, but the house, the family is a place that you serve. We know this, right, as part of a family. Everyone has responsibilities. God has gifted the body. In fact, he says, we're like a temple. We're connected together. We're like a building. We're like a flock that we're, we, we, we go together. We're, we're like a, a body that everyone, when they use their parts of the body, works and it's healthy and the body grows. 
God has, if I believe that this is your home church, if this is your church, your family, this is the place where God wants to use those gifts that he's given you. See, the moment you got saved, well, everybody has a talent, everybody has a skill, we got that. And people are born with talents and skills. But the moment you gave your life to Jesus, he threw a birthday party, a spiritual birthday party, and he gave you a spiritual gift. And God wants to use all of our spiritual gifts, what's to edify, to build up the body that causes the kingdom of God to grow. So when you don't use your gift and serve your family, you don't serve God through your family. I should say that way, because you don't serve us. We serve God through the family. When we don't do that, watch, you're neglecting and withering away the gift that God's given you. In fact, some of us have so many limited beliefs, as psychologists would say, we'd actually call them lies from the devil, believe that you're not good enough, you have nothing to offer, that you don't have no talents or skill, who wants to you, you or we believe a lie, I don't have time. And, and it, listen, serving God in the house of God is not a time issue, it's not a calendar issue, it's a heart issue. And so if my heart is right with the Lord, I understand the gifts he's given me, the importance of a church family, there's no place like home. And if this is the place you wanna call home, man, welcome home. We wanna help you get plugged in. We wanna help you take your next steps. We wanna help you use your gifts. We want you to help to discover your purpose and your value in life. That's the mission of our church. And listen, that takes time, and we're here to walk you through that, all of us at the same time. So anything we can do to help serve you, we believe that this is the place that you can belong to. We believe that this is the place that you can serve. And today I'm gonna encourage you, I'm gonna share with you uh, a, kind of a financial uh, snapshot of the church here, if you wanna say, but I believe that this is a place also that you can invest. And you can not only just invest your time and you can only invest your talents and your gifts that God's given you, but you can invest your finances. This is the place where I believe that God wants to use you greatly and to do great things. That this is the place that we can come to the Lord, we can invest in his kingdom through our church. And so I wanna share you this because I think you should wanna know this, but we're getting ready to get our annual report. And if you haven't ever been part of our church, every, usually the end of January, 1st of February, we put our annual report and we talk about like everything that took place. We share with us all the salvations, the baptisms and things like that. But we also do a financial snapshot. And I want you to see that because as part of the family, right? I want you to see, honestly, I want to just with all integrity so you can see, but also so you can see how God is using the finances. I think once you understand that and you have a fine, you have a snapshot of it, it helps you get a better glimpse of the family, the church, the part that you want to be partnered with. And I would want to know that. I, I hope you would want to know that because we, we have an unbelievable finance team that have so many checks and balances to do everything we can with all integrity to honor God with the finances that come into the house. So I want you to get a picture of that today. Some of you are like, I don't really care about this. I don't even know what it is and I don't even know what finances are. You need to know that. You need to understand that. In fact, one of the greatest educations you could ever get, listen to me, young people, is finance education, financial education. Because some of you are gonna graduate college, you're gonna be married to Sally Mae for the rest of your life. If you know who Sally Mae is, right? Collins and Student Loan Debt. You know what I'm talking about. You better understand, how do I win with my money? The Bible talks more about money than love and hell and judgment and all these things combined. Why? Because God knows that this has the power to wreck your life. And it's not about your money. You're about to see here. I'm not doing this because we need your money. I want you to see this. God don't care about your money. He wants your heart. This is the hard thing. And I want you to get a financial snapshot, a picture of what's going on here at Better Life Church. And so I asked the team to put together, it's really just to put together this chart. It's, it's a graphic. It's some of you, you're gonna remember, you know, math class here and you're gonna have a pie chart and you're like, oh, what is all this stuff? But just calm down. I know it's gonna make some of you nervous, but just calm down. I want you to see exactly from last year, 2021, and we're coming off of 2020 and that 2020 obviously wrecked everything, right? I mean, everything, the whole world was turned upside down. We shut the doors and if we didn't have church like in person, for months and we went through all that stuff and then 2021's gotten the rebound and I think this is the year 2022 is the homecoming. 
And that's why we're doing this series that we're about to, people are about to start coming back home. This is the place that they belong. Will you realize through the last couple of years, you need people in your life. You need connections. A lot of you really rethink your life. You know, what's my purpose? Why am I here? When you're, when you're, when you're faced with the brevity of life in front of you and, and the unknown of what's about to happen, you saw this for at least a while. It turned the whole world upside down. And all those moments where people start realizing, oh, what's my purpose? Why am I here? That's why we see the great resonation they call. People leaving their jobs or trying to pursue their passions. They realize life is short and I don't have time to waste. And so people are resigning or trying to find new things and new things in their life. Why? Because they want to fulfill that purpose. And so I think this is the place where you can come home and we're gonna help you discover what's your purpose, what's your value, and how that God wants to use you greatly to change the world. And so I wanna show you this snapshot real quick of, the, of this chart, if you don't mind to put this up. It's a pie chart. If you're watching online, you'll be able to see this, but you're just gonna see the chart and probably won't be able to see me, but it's okay. I wanna walk you through this. When it comes to 2021 finances last year at giving, I want you to see this, that 45% of the finances went to personnel. Now, personnel is anybody's on staff, interns, things like that. I want you to understand this. This is unbelievably, extremely healthy. In fact, the average church spends 50 to 55% of their budget for staffing and personnel. Why are we able to keep personnel percentages so low. You want me to tell you why? It's because we have the most incredible, unbelievable team member and volunteers here at Better Life Church. Without the team members and volunteers and the people watches who part of the family want to use their gift, who helps you in the parking lot, who are right now teaching your kid about Jesus on their level, who's behind a camera that you'll never see, who's in here serving people with hospitality and coffee and snacks who they come in and serve, who are here to help you take your next steps and pray for you and counsel you and coach you and shepherd you. All these great team members who, who open up their house and have small groups or life groups in their home. Every one of them, because of that, we're able to keep that so low and, and, and on staffing and we're able to, to lean in the incredible, incredible teamers. Now watch this. Normally, 10% of people who attend church serve the other 90% who show up. 10%. Only 10%. And, and look at it. Could you imagine? Watch this. Could you imagine if all of us says, you know what? This is my family. These are the gifts God has given me. How can I serve the body? What can I do to use the gift that God has helped me in the body of Christ? And that's why I wanna encourage you to do. That's why that number is so low. And there's been sometimes, it's even been down in the 30s because of how things were happening in the team members and we were portable. When we were portable, that changed the whole game. But now we have a facility. Speaking of facility, let's go to the next part of that pie chart. It's in the yellow. 22%, 22%. So that means 22 cents of every dollar, if you wanna put it that way. 22 cents of every dollar goes to the facility to maintain our facilities at, watch this, at all three locations. We were able to buy and purchase a purchase a building in, in Ashland, in Boy County. We bought the building that the church was meeting into. Why? That's unbelievable. Now, you say 22%, you have nothing to gauge it on. Well, let me help you. You heard of Dave Ramsey. Most of you heard of Dave Ramsey, especially if, you're, if you need to build a budget. It's definitely one way to win. Him and Joe Sangle has incredible stuff to help you learn how to win with your money. Dave Ramsey says this, for a church to be conservative in their finances, to be conservative when it comes to their facilities, they should never, ever, ever build or buy more than 30% of their budget. That should be the most conservative number they can stop with. I want you to see that. That is 22%. That's 8% th that's, that's less of the most conservative budget that you could have according to some of the experts in, in the world when it comes to finances. So I want you to see, look how we are winning. Look what God is doing. That's incredible. And I think as being part of the family, you should want to know this, that 22% is going to their facilities and 45% for personnel. And also we wanna practice what we preach. If you go to the purple one, 
We always every year try to sign about 10% of the income that comes in that we, we would say that we tithe. What do we mean by that? We help with missions, we help with benevolence, we help serve people in our community, we help organizations, we give across the world, we invest across the world. And that was about 11.9%, like 11 per, over 11% of the finances that came in in 2021 went to ministry and went to, excuse me, missions and benevolence and helping people like out, out in Western Kentucky, we were able to help them like um, pay off medical debt across the uh, Appalachian region that you guys were a part of. Remember, we talked about things like that. So we usually stay between 9% to 11 to 12% every year of every dollar. So every nine to 11 cents of every dollar that comes in, we're gonna bless people. We're gonna help people. We're gonna, we're gonna create or, uh, atmospheres that we're able to, to use. How I said, you don't give to the church, you give through the church to bless the people around us. That's incredible, that's incredible, folks. I, I know that you don't probably keep up with church world statistics and stats and numbers, but I love numbers, I'm all about it. I love numbers, I love crunching them, I love looking at it. This is unbelievable. And then on top of all that, we spent 13% in ministry. Now you may ask the question, does that seem kinda low? And, and it does. But you understand the last two years, things have changed. Half the people are now showing back up at church. Most of them are watching online. They've not come at The statistics today right now, the average church is having about 50% of in-person attendance across the, across the big C church across the United States right now. And so we're a little above average on that, obviously, but people have not made their way back home. They're still at home. They've not made their way back to their spiritual home, the place here. And so because of that, when you have half the kids, half the people, half the materials that you gotta print, then you're about half of that budget. And so because of that, we're able to, to, to keep ministry costs at a great base. But listen, we've never stopped doing anything God's told us to do. We're never gonna let finances be a, a no when it comes when God says do something, we do it. If God says launch a campus, we'll launch a campus. He says do this event, we'll do this event. So whatever he wants us to do, we will listen to Jesus and do what he tells us to do. And then on top of that, you can see on top of all of that, we were still able to save, which is 8%. 8% went in savings. And that 8% goes into savings, why? Because what we wanna do, when God says go, we wanna be in position. When he says launch the next campus, we wanna be in position to do that. When he says pay this or buy this, we wanna be in position to do that. And so I want you to see that the financial house here is unbelievable. Like if this was your personal budget, man, Dave would be like, you're killing it. You're killing it. Way to go. And so I, I know, again, you, you're not part of the seeing how church finances and stuff works from every church across the country, but I'm telling you what, Better Life Church, you're killing it. You can't, this is amazing. We have an incredible financial team who does amazing work. Listen, we're, listen, I'm concerned with my own money, especially when it comes to the Lord's money. How do we spend it? So I want you to know that as the person who invests when I say invest in the kingdom through Better Life Church, this is something that you should want to know and you want to see because this is, this is how the Lord is using you to make a difference and an impact across this region. And so not only is this a place where you can belong, where you can raise your family, not only is this a place where you can serve and use the gifts that God's giving, but I'm here to tell you, this is the place where you can invest in the kingdom of God and God is using it to get great dividends and returns back on that investment in people's lives. And I, I want you to hear this. I'm not saying it's because we need to take up an offering. I'm not saying it's because we need your money. God doesn't care about your money. He wants your heart. We are winning. And we want you to be part of this because I'm about to share with you some benefits that come when you decide to be part of what God is doing through the ministry, especially here. I can't speak for everyone in every single church in the world, but at least here at Better Life Church, I want you to see what's going on around us. Now, I, I think this is important to know too. I just wanted to so you can see this. But in our church, we have what's called giving units. And a giving unit could be one person that could consider a unit or one household. For me, my household is a family of six. 
and, and, and a psycho dog. But anyway, and so in our household, so they, they could be a given unit could be one person or it could be like my family, which is one unit considered of six people. So in our entire church, we have 360 giving units. I think that's, I want you to see this, I want you to know, so there's 360 either individuals or family as a whole who, who give and invest in Better Life Church. Out of those 360, 25 of those units, 25, and that 25 could be one individual, it could be one family of 10, I, I don't know, but it, 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 25 units out of the 360 give 44% of the budget. 50 of those units give 63%. A hundred of those, a hundred either individuals, a hundred families, give 83% of the budget, which means this, 27%, 27 percent, 27 percent of the 360, 27 percent of the people, of the families who invest in Bear Life Church give 83 percent of the budget. The other 73 percent gives the other 17, I'm sorry, 72 percent gives the other 17 percent of the budget. Now you're sitting here going, man, that just, that's lopsided, right? 27% give 83% budget. But let me tell you, the average church, it's 10 to 15% gives 80% of the budget. And so even though that you may say, well, that seems like a low number, right? Giving units, like there should be more giving units to give more, people should you know, carry the weight. It's, but here's how God, God looks at it. God's not into a dollar amount. God's into percentages. He's into the percent. That's why when he tells us to bring the tithe to him, that belongs to him. It doesn't matter if I only make $10,000 a year, if it makes if I make $100,000 a year. The, the blessing's the same. I'll, I'll share that with you just in a moment. But I want you to see that. Out of the 360 given units, 28% of those give 83% of the budget. And even though you're sitting there going, man, that seems so low, that's even, but that's greater than even what the average who gives 10 to 12%, actually it's 10 to 12%, give 80% of the budget. And so really that's, a, that's even healthier than normal. And so I, I want you to see that, that hey, people are growing, and people are taking next steps, but this is a place that you can invest. The average Christian family gives 2.5% of their income to a church or charity. 2.5 of their income goes to a church. That's across the board of the United States. Do you know that's actually on the way down? That in the Great Depression, that Christian families gave 3.3% of their budget to church and charities in the worst economic crisis in the history that we know of during the Great Depression. They gave 3.3%, and ever since then, it's been on its way down, and now the average Christian family gives 2.5%. Now, I'm telling you that to not to make you feel guilty. Remember, I've preached on this. You should never give out of guilt. Never give out. I'm not telling you that to say, well, I'm begging you to give. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? God is winning. God will never handicap his church when a church honors him and a church lifts him up and honors him when it comes to the, this giving. And you can see that. I showed you that. God is doing great things. We have an unbelievable check and balance finance team that's incredible. I, I say that because God doesn't give a rip about your money. It's about your heart. And where's your heart? Where's your heart where God has put it? This is where, where you're putting your heart. I say this all the time, you don't give to the church, you give through the church to make a difference. In fact, last year we saw 200 that we know of that has either checked a box who let us know we saw 242 people give their life to Jesus last year. 242 people, that's incredible. Like it's in the, yeah, you, that's, that's incredible. Like, I, I want you, we, we see hundreds of people get saved every year, and I don't want you to get so familiar with that. Like, that is insane to come off the year that we came off and still 242 people give their life to Jesus, and a lot of those happen in our youth ministry and our college ministry. So it's unbelievable to see what, what God is doing. Last year, we baptized 62 people. 
I found this out last year. We're part of the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and in the Kentucky Baptist Convention, there's 2,700 churches. I didn't know this, and I had somebody text me. They was at the thing and said, did you know that Bear Life Church is always in the top five, top three in baptisms? And last year, you're in the top two in this, out of the 2,700 churches. You're, in the, you're the second largest church in baptism last year. Now again, it's not about a competition. I don't say that, I didn't even know that. Somebody just told me that. I, that's not something I keep up with going, are we beating other churches in baptisms? Heck no, that's stupid, why would I do that? What family in their right mind, what, what's the big C church? When we win, they win, when they win, we win. We're, we're part of the family. I, I didn't even know that. But, but I want you to see that because I want you to see that this is the place where you can invest, that when you invest, that lives are being changed. Like this is insane. And watch this, every single part of you who, who serve and who give and who show up and call this party phone, this is what I think that you should understand and know, that God is using you and God is using Bear Life Church in an unbelievable way. And so when lives are being changed, listen, that's what I wanna be part of. And with that, I wanna share with you real quickly, I wanna share with you a couple of verses here and, and I wanna share with you what happens when you actually decide, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna invest. I didn't wanna say give, I'm gonna invest. You know what invest, right? You invest to get a return. And people always say all the time, you can't take your stuff with you. You can't, but you can send it ahead of you. And you can send ahead by and invest it in the kingdom of God and lives and souls that will be saved and changed for all eternity. This is a very famous passage in Matthew 6, 19. Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth where moss will eat them and rust will destroy them and where three thieves break in and steal them. Store your treasures in heaven. How do I do that? I'm in earth right now. How do I store treasures in heaven? How do I do that? How do I have a savings account? Come on, let me help you understand. How do I put some savings in, and invest in heaven when I'm here on earth? He says, we're rust and, and, and cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. They can't steal your blessing. And listen to what he says. For where your treasure is, where your finance, where your money, there is the desires of your heart. Your heart follows your giving. Your heart will follow. My question is, do you have a heart for his house? Do you have a heart for the kingdom? And I just showed you a snapshot here real quick. I know that was just like a broad picture of how God is using you guys and, and, and all of us, and me too, and using all of us to be part of it. If this is not a place where you feel comfortable that you can invest in, listen to me. Like, I'm about to share with you benefits that happen in your life when you give. Like, this is so important that I want to help. If this is not the place, let us help you find a local church that you can go get plugged in, that you can build your roots, raise your family, let this be the place where you, 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 you honor God, you serve, and you invest in the kingdom. Like, this is what I want for you, not from you. And I really mean this with all my heart. If this is not a place where you can say, I trust this, I see it, I invest in it, I believe God's gonna do something great. If this is not, let us help you find a church you can go do it, because that's how important this is to you. Because you're gonna miss all the blessings that God wanna have in your life by not doing that. And he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so what, what he's saying, wherever you put your money, your heart will follow it. You put it in the stock market, I promise your money, your heart will follow it. When you start putting it in, when you start putting it in things in your life, your heart will follow after where your money is. That's just, the Bible teaches that. And so do you have a heart for the house? So let me share with you really quickly in the next, I don't know, I got about 13 minutes here. And so let me share with you really quickly what happens in your life when you begin to give. And I wanna encourage you that you go pray about it. Is this a place where you, you, you wanna be at? Now listen, you don't have to pray whether you should give or not. You've already been commanded by the scriptures yet. You should pray, is this the place I wanna invest? And if it is, let's go. And if it's not, let us help you find that place in your life. And I mean that with all integrity, with everything within me. I really want to help you figure that out in your life. And so here's what happens when you begin to give. When you give, here's what happens. When I give, it honors God. 
God is honored when you give. Or I like to say invest. I look like it as invest. I just don't give it just to give it away. Every time you bless someone, you invest. And there's always dividends. And you may not see that on this side of heaven. There's always a when you invest. When you invest, it will honor God. When you give, it honors God. Deuteronomy 14, 23. God says this. He says, I want you to bring the tithe. He said, to the designated place of worship. I've designed the place, designated place where we're gonna gather and we're gonna worship. The place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. When I give, when I invest, God is honored. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of everything that you produce, that you produce in your life. He wants you to honor him, and here's one way we can honor him, is by giving. Now, how do I honor God with my money? Well, one, invest in the kingdom. That will always honor God with your money. But let me tell you another way you can honor God with your money. Spend your money wisely. Spend your money wisely. Some people do not spend their money wisely. You need to learn to spend your money wisely. And when you do that, that honors God. When you get on a budget, and some of you think that's a cuss word, right? Like when you get on a budget, you are able to see what you have and say, God, how can I honor you with my finances? I'm telling you, listen to me, especially young people, you need to learn how to start winning with your money now. You need to do this. They won't teach you. You got broke finance professors teaching how to handle your finances. What are you kidding me? Like, there's, you've got to get the financial education that you can, and, and that's one of the greatest educations you could invest in. It's how money works. How do you invest it? How do you save it? Compound interest. Listen, Einstein said it's the greatest thing that on, on, when it comes to mathematics is compound interest. The greatest thing. Somebody's like, oh, what's that compound? You need to learn that. You need to figure out how that works. You start saving. You start investing. You start planning. All this stuff, why you were young. I never forget, my father-in-law looked at me. I was just married his daughter. I was 22 years old. I graduated college with $14,500 in student loan debt. I was making $6 an hour, y'all. And then my father-in-law looked at me and says, what are you doing about retirement? I say, I ain't doing nothing about retirement. I live in Sarasville. That may on a farm. I'm buy a truck. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what you do, right? When you live in Sarasville on a farm, you buy a truck. Everybody's gotta have a Chevy, right? Or something like, you gotta have a truck. And so he's like, well, you gotta start putting in retirement. I was like, I'm 22 years old. I ain't thinking about when I'm 62 years old. But that was one of the greatest things he told me to do because at that moment I started thinking about, okay, how do you start putting back? How do you save? How do you honor God with it? What do you do with it? And because of that, we're able to walk out the blessings of that 20 some years later. And so you, you may see on when people's lives what they have now, but what did they do to prep to get to that point? What do they do with that? I'm telling you, and you can't outgive God. I only have what I have because God has blessed us in an unbelievable way. And that only happened because when I was in making nothing, like six dollars an hour, I honored him with every single thing. Everything that he ever gave me, I honored him with it. And if you will honor God with it, I'm telling you, he will move mildly in your life. So not only when you plan it and spend it and budget, that honors God. Not only when you give and bring back to him, honor it, but watch this, when you bless people around you, it will honor the Lord. And so when I give, it honors God. Here's something else. When I give, it blesses others. When you give, you bless people. And it's one of the greatest things that joys your life is when you're able just to bless people. Like when you're able to bless someone and help them, man, that's one of the greatest things that you just, you, just to, to receive. Like just be able to know when he says it's really so awesome to give than to receive. Like when you're able to bless someone, and I'm telling you what, through Better Life Church, you are blessing tons and tons of people. Second Corinthians, Paul writes this. Remember this, I preached on this just a while back, but remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. He's talking about an offering. There's a difference between a tithe and an offering. This is an offering. Decide, go pray, see what the Lord tells you to give. And don't give reluctantly or out of response to pressure. You should never give out of pressure or guilt, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 
and God will generously provide, watch this, all that you need so that you always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with other people. The reason why God blesses you is to bless other people. Not to hoard it, but to bless other people. So we've been blessed, we have definitely been blessed, and God has blessed us to bless other people because the scripture says they shared freely and they gave generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. Let me give you a couple quick testimonies of this. There's a little boy, I believe he's over in Carter County, his name is Colt. Last week we didn't have, obviously, in-person services, we had online, and because of the, the investment that Better Life Church made years ago to be able to, be able to, be able to broadcast online when COVID hit, we were ready to go. In fact, we went around to local churches in our community and said, would you like to come into our church facility, pastors, record your sermons so that we can help you broadcast your sermon to your church people on Facebook and other locations? Because of that investment, we wanted to help the churches get the pastor's message out to the flock, to their church, to their family. See, it's about the big C church. It's not just about us. But because of the investments we made to be to do the things that we do. When COVID hit, man, we didn't skip a beat. We were ready to rock and roll. And because of that, we, were, we, we figured out how to do online church and trying to figure out how to do it better. But we were able to give kids resources. And so kids during the online service part, when we're all at church at home, they're able to take their own kids resources and do it. Part of the kids resources that we sent, there's this little boy started asking questions about what does it mean to follow Jesus? And his mom sent us a letter in and said, a message in and says, hey, our son was asking questions today during the online home service. And because of that, it led us to asking him about Jesus. And he answered all the questions and he wanted to receive Jesus in his life. And last week, little Colt gave his life to Jesus because of you. Because of you. See, and there's thousands and thousands of these stories. Let me share this one about the guy. He sent me an email. He's from Georgia. He has a ministry called Jesus and Jam. Uh, go Bulldogs, right? Go Bulldogs. <laughs> Any roll, uh, Alabama fans in here? Roll Tide? Y'all could just roll on out of here because we definitely Alabama fans, right? So go Bulldogs. I'm not a Bulldog fan, but I was that day. All right, he lives in Georgia. He sent, uh, he sent me this email. Now, I, I just wanted, I want you to hear this. He said, I wanna say thank you for Bear Life Church support of Jesus and Jam. We had a wonderful holiday season where we're able to provide 500 children we have nothing. Like we think about this all the time. We are so blessed. We have people, we have kids in our own community sleeping on dirt floors. Do you know that? Right here in our own, own county. Like there's so many times, there's so many people who need Jesus and they need a blessing and they need help, but we're always so concerned about ourselves. Like people, and so 500 children, I'm sorry, I just get a little passionate about that. 500 children with a book that told the story about Jesus, the birth of our Savior. We gave them a blanket and we gave them all a $5 Dairy Queen card so they could go to Dairy Queen and get them something to eat. We wanted these gifts to spread the word but meet basic needs so each child would felt very special. We were able also, not just with 500 children, but we were able to provide 200 families a turkey dinner and a Christmas meal. A turkey, a game of turkey and a Christmas meal. Thank you, Better Life Church, for your generous support. When I reflect back on how I found Better Life Church, I'm in truly in awe of how God is working around us when we don't even see it. It was during a time of my life I was suffering with great anxiety. So I Googled sermons on anxiety and Pastor Daniel was the first one that popped up. He was the first one that popped up. And during that time, I went back and I watched messages and I was, and that were available to watch on the website. 
And I felt such an overwhelming peace that it helped me. I want you to know this. Better Life Church is my home church. I watch every single weekend. I feel like I know you guys, even though I've never met you in person, has never stepped foot in one of our campuses, who's never been to Kentucky and visit us. One time, I've learned so much and you've helped me grow as a person. And because of this, it birthed Jesus and Jam, another ministry birthed of this in his heart because what God was doing how he wanted to make a difference with his gifts all the way down in Georgia. Your generous support both this year and last year has provided support for over 900 children. I started this ministry as struggling, Lord help me. And our Father is now working all things out of a struggle in our favor to grow his kingdom. Thank you so much, Better Life Church, for your support. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you get to be a part of. And the apostle Paul goes on, and the scripture goes on and says, use your worldly wealth to make friends. And when he says what he says, that when you invest in the kingdom and people's lives are changed and saved, it says that you have made friends in heaven, which means they will see you, they will welcome you, watch this, and you will be rewarded because of your generosity. And today was all about, listen, listen, we don't need your money. It's not talking about we need your money. Come on, take up an offer and need money. You can see the financial house is doing great because we're honoring God. And when you honor God with your finances, he will bless you in great ways. This is not what I want from you. I want this for you. I want you to experience this in your own life. There are benefits when it comes to giving. You honor God, you get to bless others, but then this is something awesome that's great too. Watch this. God will bless you. Like God will bless you in an unbelievable way if you will honor him when it comes to the area of giving. He will honor him, which leads to my third and last point. When I give, God blesses me. When I give, God blesses me. And please hear me, you should never give to get. The moment you give to get, and there's so many prosperity teaching and church talking about ministries and giving that if you'll sow a seed, then you're gonna have $10,000 divine transferred into your checking account. That's heresy. It's heresy. You never give to get. If your motive is to give to get, you'll never get. When your motive, and God looks at your heart because it's the number one thing that's gonna compete with you. The number one thing competes you. How do I save it? How do I spend it? How, where do I put it? How do I pay for it? How do I put it ahead of me? How do I put my kids through college? How do I put food on the table? It will compete for you. And the Bible says you can't serve two masters. It will compete. God knows that. So he says, listen, I want you to take these strings that grip your heart and I want you to trust me. And if you'll trust me, I promise you, I will bless you. So either God's a liar or he's truthful. And so he says in Malachi 3.10, he says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now what's a tithe? Tithe is 10% of my income. God's not into amount, he's into percentages. You could talk to me about that later. I think the reason why once it's fair across the system, the person who made $10 babysitting ties is the person who made $1,000 that week that ties. The blessing's the same, he gets the bless. So it's not about a, a broke issue, a poverty issue, a budget issue, it's a heart issue. And he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And look what he says. If you, it's a condition. This is a blessing. This, this is a condition. Remember we said there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And most of us never take God's promises up. Some of those are unconditional. We are saved and secured in Christ. My sin cannot undo what Jesus did on the cross for me. That's, the, that's, that's unconditional. There's so many blessings in the scripture that God says, if you, I will. And so many people will not take advantage of those blessings because you just don't do it. He says, if you do, what I'm about to tell you, if you'll bring the tithes, look what he says. I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Yes, try me, put me to the test. Now, Pastor Daniel didn't say that. The church didn't make that up. 
God said that. He said, I will bless you if you'll just honor me with the first fruits. Now here's what some of you, some of you gonna let that go on one out there and say, well, okay, I can't do that. You could take him at his word. This has nothing to do between me and you. This has nothing to do with you and the church. This has everything between you and God. And I wanted you to see a whole financial picture. Like, man, this is the place that you can trust, that this is the place that you can invest because every single week, lives are being changed. Every week. And if this is not a place that you feel that, that you could be part of that, listen to me. I mean, everything. go find you another church. That you say, you know what? This is where I'm gonna raise my family. This is where I'm gonna use my gifts. And this is where I'm gonna invest in the kingdom. And we will help you do that if this is not the place for you. That's how much I want this for you. And that's how much I believe in this. That if you'll just practice what we preach, God says, you cannot outgive me. And here's what I want you to understand. I don't get to determine the blessing. I don't know how God will bless you. I don't know what a blessing would be. That's up to the Lord. But if you honor him with the motive, with a pure heart that I'm not giving to get, I'm not trying to be greedy. I just wanna bless and do what you asked me to do. Out of that obedience, God says, I promise you I will provide everything you need and then you will have plenty left over, watch this, not to hoard for yourself, but so that you could be a blessing to other people. That's what I want for you. So, God, we believe, inspired the scriptures, and we believe that this is God's inspired word, and we believe that God inspired Paul to write a letter to the preachers, to Timothy, and guess what God told Paul to tell the preachers to do? He says it, 1 Timothy, chapter six, verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world. And let me tell you what, we're rich. If you make over $40,000 a year as a family household, you're in the top 1% earners in all of the world. We have houses for our cars, they're called garages, that are stacked with stuff that we don't even need, don't even know what's out there. God's blessed us, we're rich. Rich is a moving target. Somebody, it, you, you think you're not, and then you feel if you make that much and you're rich and then eventually you make that much, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not rich, I'm not, I gotta be richer. It's a moving target. It's, it's so, there's no objection to that because it moves. But he says, for those who are rich in this world, tell them, preachers, tell them not to be proud and to trust in their money. That's so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need. Now watch this, I love that he puts this in here. For your enjoyment. Did you see that? Did you see that? So we, our budget, our family, we take it, we say, okay, God, we give 15% of our, our, our income to the Lord, and then we make sure we get our savings, we make sure we're investing, we make sure our bills are paid, that we have any debt. If we do have debt, we pay that debt, and then what's left over? Let's enjoy it. He gives you so you can enjoy this. Tell them, watch what he, look what he says in verse 18. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those who need and always be ready to share with other people. So I'm like, man, I can't, I'm not ready to share with other people. And I will look at you and say, are you honoring God with your money? And if you say no, that's why you're not ready to be here to bless other people. That's how you get in position. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasures. Where? Store them up where? In heaven. You cannot take your stuff with you, but boy, you can send it ahead of you by investing in the kingdom. Storing up their treasures as a good foundation so the future, so that they may experience an abundant life, a full life, a true life, a better life than they've ever dreamed of. And folks, that's what I want for you. 
Your pastor practices what, practices what he's preaching. Been doing it for the last 22 years. And I'm telling you what, when you honor God as a church, I want you to see, that's why I got the pie chart. When you honor God, look what he does. And I want you to be part of it. So watch this. Come on home. If this is gonna be your home, jump in. Raise your family here. We got an unbelievable kids in student ministry and now college ministry all the way, birth all the way up through. We're gonna help you follow Jesus at no matter what age you are in life. This is where you wanna belong. Use your gifts, start serving. Don't, don't let 10% serve 90%. Come on, use your gifts and start serving God through your church family. Can you play an instrument? Let's go. Can you hand out some pens? Let's go. Can you cook breakfast? Hallelujah, let's go. Come on. That's what it's worth. And ever how the Lord's blessed you, this is a place you can invest. And where your treasure, where you invest, your heart will follow after that. Is your heart in the house? Come on. And I'm telling you what, we've not even begun to see what God can do through his church in this region. Could you imagine the thousands of plus people who call Bear Life Church, who calls it their home church, they're not connected or plugged in, but they call it their home. Could you imagine if they came home and started putting their roots down and said, let's come on, let's change. We could change a region that changes generations and family trees to come. And I believe that God wants to do that through you. Or watch this, or you wouldn't be here. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. And I just wanna reiterate this really quick. I'm not asking for your money. Please. You've been here for 14 years. We celebrate next weekend. Three years in Grayson. It's about your heart. And as your pastor, your shepherd, your coach, however you wanna look at it, your counselor, I wanna encourage you. This is a place that you can raise your family. This is a place that you can belong. This is a place you can use your gifts. And this is a place that you can invest. And as some of you are still praying through that, is this the place? Okay, pray for it, but the Lord will encourage you. You don't have to pray for five years. He's gonna show you. This is it, then awesome, let's go. And if not, find that, please listen to me. Go find that place that you can do that. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, I've never been to church. Somebody talked about money and then I didn't try to guilt me to give. No, I'm not trying to guilt you at all. And maybe you're here and what you need is the greatest gift ever and that's Jesus. Without him, this couldn't even be possible. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing, have what we have, lives would not be changed. The stories, that's just two in the last two, that two this in the last week. Folks, we get tons of stories every week about people's lives being changed. And maybe you're here at one of our campuses or online. Today, your life needs to be changed by giving your life to Jesus. All you need to do is cry out to him and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Now forgive me of my sin and help me follow you for the rest of my life. Now folks, listen to me. If you pray that and you cry out to the Lord, saying a prayer don't save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart does. If your heart declares Jesus Christ, listen to me, welcome to the family. And part of being the family is to let us know so that we can help you take your next steps. You can go to the next step area. Host is gonna come out just in a moment and tell you what you can do. 
We wanna help you in any way we can take next steps in following Jesus. Let us know, we're here to serve you in any way we can. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how relevant it is. Thank you for what you're doing in the ministry of Better Life Church. Thank you there's people in Georgia, in Cleveland, in Montana, North Dakota, California, who email, who write, who send messages, who, whose lives are being impacted through the ministry of Better Life Church. God, we thank you. Because you told us that if we would lift up your son Jesus, that you would draw people to yourself. God, as we lift you up so high, we pray that you start drawing people back home. It's time to come home because there's no place like home. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray, amen.